Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, we are so thrilled to have with us an amazing guest, Nicole Wolf, who is the Senior Director and Head of Corporate Programs at ClassPass, which is the world's largest fitness and wellness network. So we are so thrilled to have Nicole here with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and to kick things off, we'd like to hear a little bit more about your career path, what brought you to ClassPass, and what keeps you motivated to inspire wellness at work. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Um, so my career path is I, I started sort of in the health and wellness space. I've been in this area for the last 15 years or so. And I started off actually on the more fitness side. So I worked for the, the fitness product TRX training. And I you know really enjoyed all of that and had a great experience, started a startup. And I think there were two really main takeaways from my time there. And, and one of them was the fact that I loved startups and I really appreciated the scrappiness and ability for everybody to get you know, involved, roll up their sleeves, make things happen. But I also recognized that there was broader opportunity for me to impact more lives um, through things like corporate wellness, behavior change, habit formation, things like that. I ultimately came to this sort of decision point in my early career where I felt like the fitness industry was a bit more of, we were helping fit people get fitter and I wanted to have a bit broader impact. And I saw a lot of the things we were doing with our own staff that I, I believe would have had broader implications on the corporate wellness side. And so I, I made the, the early decision in my career to really focus in on, uh, on that channel. And so I went to work for, you know, one of those step tracker companies called the Global Corporate Challenge. They were based out of Australia. We were expanding into the United States. Um, and it was a really smart product and it was a really easy way I talk about completely shifting from you know really performance training athletes to just getting people to get off their couch and go for a few walks a day um, and and I think we you saw the impact you had on people's lives and and how easy it was to really drive change in a corporate setting um, a lot of that comes down to culture and what you see at the actual workplace but with that strong culture and what you see within employers, you're able to actually really drive a lot of change, which was really interesting and exciting for me. Um, from there, I went to uh, Kaiser Permanente. I thought that, you know, hey, given my shot at some of these startups, maybe it's time, time for me to try my hand at a bigger organization. And so that, you know, was incredible because we had a lot of resources. We had the ability to make really broad changes with many huge, large organizations, particularly in the public sector where they may not have been as well-funded. Um, and, you know, ultimately I learned a lot, but I also recognized the importance of having that scrappy startup mentality um, and subsequently had the opportunity to come to ClassPass to build out this program. Um, ClassPass had not had a corporate wellness program when I joined, and so I had the opportunity to really be entrepreneurial and basically have a startup within a startup and, and ultimately find the right, you know, model, what the business would look like, what are we trying to offer on the backbone of this incredible network of fitness and wellness uh, partners that was global. Um, and it felt like a really great opportunity to have pretty significant impact um, in the corporate wellness space. And so I've been lucky enough to have been here for almost four years and it's been an incredible journey and, and we've had a lot of really incredible success, a lot of things that we've learned along the way, but I do ultimately think that this has been 
a great culmination um, of a lot of my background and skills, and, and I'm excited to sort of see our, our next phase of growth. I love how involved in the wellness space you've been in so many different capacities. It's amazing. And it sounds like this new role is really exciting as well. Well, new, not new anymore, four years, but uh, <laughs> latest role. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, at my previous employer, we had um, ClassPass. Right. So I, I love to hear that. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, I think I want to say that we rolled it out around like around the time that the pandemic hit. So it was very much aligned to what's going on um, with COVID. And I think that was extremely helpful uh, yeah. for for a lot of the people um, within the organization. So I definitely have had some some experience with what what you all are doing. Um, and speaking of the pandemic, so we know that there's been a lot of challenges uh, to well-being with this global pandemic when it comes to obviously catching the disease, but also staying at home, working at home. What are the different challenges and issues there? Um, and there has been a greater focus on wellness in the workplace. So we're super excited about that. And I hope you're seeing the same. Uh, but we'd love to know what your greatest challenges have been in your role today at ClassPass during this pandemic year? I mean, I think we've all had uh, the challenges of just individually adjusting to this new work from home life and figuring out how to juggle, you know, kids, parents, spouses, whatever it might be to, to figure out just how we're going to do this. And, you know, humans are, are surprisingly adaptable. So I think we've, you know, obviously I think many of us are excited to get back to work, but we've figured out our, our new routines and have been able to adapt pretty quickly. On the, you know, macro view, class class was impacted significantly. We work with lots of small businesses across the world. Um, we're in 30 countries and we work with, you know, studio partners that have one local mom and pop location and then we work with big chains we work with um, wellness providers that same thing it's just their their livelihood and and we saw a significant impact to those businesses and we really focused our early efforts on ensuring that we were able to support them so we found creative ways to um, prop them up we created some donations within the app so people could support their favorite studios we also have done, um, we, you know, and then we quickly pivoted to live stream and digital offerings, which allowed our partners to also monetize what they were doing, um, you know, trying to do on their own. And so this gave them a wider, wider audience to reach out to. On the corporate side, we had, you know, we, we were worried. We didn't know if the budgets would be gone, what were companies going to do. There's obviously a lot of layoffs and um, furloughs happening. So there was a lot of questioning around, are companies just going to see wellness as this ancillary perk that's really not actually important and the last five years have all been lip service and checking the box? Or are they going to double down and really focus on wellness and making sure that their employees are supported? And by and large, it's it's been the latter. We've seen a lot of our companies that have really focused on providing solutions to their employees in this time. And it's been actually really inspiring to see the creative ways that companies have committed to their employees and, and figured out ways to provide solutions, right? It's not a one size fits all approach, but we do know that people 
need those options, need things to do. Um, and so we've seen a really strong outpouring of support from our corporate partners and wanting to really support their employees in this time. Um, and, and so that was an exciting and, and inspiring moment. I think we all sort of were, had a, a little bit of a sigh of relief in a way, but, but we've been excited to see that. And we've obviously pivoted quite a bit. We've um, done things like private live streams for employees. So instead of doing a Zoom happy hour, you're doing a Zoom class with your colleagues, um, which has been fun. We've layered in new provider options. So things like meditation, mental health, nutrition, personal training. So trying to provide a multitude of offerings. So again, employees can find what they need depending on where they are in this journey in the pandemic. Um, and, and it's been great to see it. And we're excited about sort of continuing on as we start to see this light at the end of the tunnel. Now we actually have come out of this as a much stronger and more diverse offering. We have more digital solutions. We have a broader network of providers. So, you know, I think in, in a way it's, it gave us the opportunity to reset a bit and figure out what was really important at the end of the day. And it's going to benefit our users in the long run. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It sounds like you've really been able to turn a lot of your challenges into opportunities, which is wonderful and uh, makes me really happy to hear. Um, when we're thinking about, and you just mentioned sort of having to broaden out your offerings and think about this in a, in a way that might be a little bit more holistic, when we were doing some research on you and looking into your approach, we read that, you know, you've talked about before taking a more holistic view on wellness, uh, which we love, uh, you know, shifting people from calorie counting to really thinking about wellness as the totality of your health and really taking control of your self-care. So when did you first realize that wellness programs needed to evolve in this direction? And what have you done to push that dialogue forward at ClassPass? I mean, there's so many layers to that question. I think, you know, you have your individual journey of figuring out, okay, it's not just about calorie counting and going for runs every morning. You know, there's a lot of elements there. And I think at the end of the day, and I said this before, if you're not mentally well, you can't be physically well. And you really need to marry those two uh, layers of you, right? And that's a challenging thing. I think the other thing that's been interesting is um, to, you know, Kaiser, to give them credit, really pushed on this mental well-being side of the the wellness side and we got an opportunity to learn a lot about the vendors that were out there and what people were doing and i think the big challenge in a way is that companies have always felt like it's a little taboo to talk about it's a little you know it's a gray area um physical well-being is an easy thing to discuss right go get your ten thousand steps let's train for a 5k let's take a class after work together whatever it might be um and so i sort of lovingly call physical wellness the gateway drug to overall wellness i get people that you know for, especially on a corporate side where they you know it's, it's an easy thing to start to implement it's fun it has a great message it's not you know there's no real gray area there it's like we're just trying to move more and it's a pretty common thread and so i think given that what we've seen you know and i, I mentioned this in the beginning i think a lot of times physical wellness programs if you're just rolling that out you ultimately just see the people who are already comfortable being physical, just getting more fitness in their lives, right? So, which is great, right? We're helping everybody, but there is that element of how do you get those people who are absolutely never going to put on a pair of yoga pants with their coworkers and go to class after work? How do you get them, you know, to that next level? And I think that's really where it starts from 
that holistic point of view, you kind of need to think about what people need. And there's different layers to that, depending on where they are. If you have somebody who's a, you know, 60 year old smoker, who's never, you know, left their desk, how do you start there versus somebody who's, you know, early twenties, a marathon runner and is excited about that. And that's why I think it's so important to bring in these wellness programs pretty holistically thinking about different offerings um, and, and finding solutions that, you know, meet employees where they're at and allow employers the opportunity to roll out a really broad-based program. And, and one of the things, you know, certainly ClassPass doesn't hit all of those boxes, but I do believe that we've started to layer in many offerings that allow people some breadth of choice in what they want to do and, and figuring out those solutions. But I think ultimately it came down to this decision point where I saw people that, you know, it was, it, we were not treating the, the symptom. We were sort of creating a, a really fun, exciting culture and it was great, but people were still, the people that really needed it weren't participating. And I think that was a big part of this is how do we get those folks to, to join in and, and start to think about their own well-being um, as opposed to, oh, this is just a silly, like, you know, challenge I have to do and I'm not going to be doing a 5k so I'm just going to forget this whole thing ever existed and, and go back to my old habits and, and that was the really sort of aha moment for me when I was thinking about these programs. I really like the approach that's more individualized that you've just described and I feel like ClassPass is the perfect um, platform for that with all the different options that you have like like I mentioned already you know we were using this um, with my previous employer and so I got to dig around a little bit and see, you know, what were the different options. And I think that something that Katina and I talk about a lot is that it's not, like you said, it's not a one size fits all. Not everybody needs the same thing. People start in different places. Um, you know, we talk about within cultures too, like within organizations and in the research in our space, um, you know, what different supervisors, different leaders have to have different approaches based on their team members, et cetera. So it's, it's very much aligned with the philosophy that we believe in. So I'm really excited to hear um, how you're approaching it and how you're able to use a great platform to, to make things a little bit more individualized. Yeah. So I'm going to shift gears a tiny bit um, and kind of get into the academic stuff. Uh, you know, both of us are little nerdy. We love our, our academia. And we noticed that you have a background in journalism and history. You also have an MBA. So you've got a lot of varied academic training. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how those different educational backgrounds of yours have kind of tied into your, your role, your work over time, um, and how you've really leveraged all of that into where you are right now in the wellness space. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think when I was in undergrad, I, I focused my studies on communication and, and history. And I really, it's my actual, my first, first job was in political PR. And so I thought I was going to work in this political sphere and really change the world from that lens. And, um, you know, I, I think there were certainly a lot of elements to that that I enjoyed and learned a lot, but I definitely felt like there was a lot of been going on as we all know politics is a you have to be a special breed to, to sort of dive into that world and so you know I think I quickly understood that like luckily that I really enjoyed this health wellness side of my life I had sort of done this on the side my entire life growing up I was always active um, healthy and I had this opportunity that came across 
my desk, honestly, to go work for TRX. It was not a plan. It was, you know, my parents were horrified that I was going to this crazy fitness startup and I was 22 <laughs> and my whole career had sort of like, you know, my path that I had set out, I totally abandoned. Um, but I really stayed true to, to what was important to me. And I, I think that's something that you can do. You have the luxury to do when you're young um, and, and really follow that, that through. And so I, I made that shift. And I think as a result of that, I had a great mentor. He was a Stanford MBA and he was very, you know, like he understood. I came from a arts and science background and there were elements that were sort of missing potentially from my education that I really wanted to dive deeper in. And so the MBA was obviously a great opportunity, but I particularly loved the program I joined at Babson that was very entrepreneurial and focused a lot on the practicalities of business as opposed to sort of the high level uh, abstract elements of, you know, accounting or something along those lines. It was very practical in nature and mm -hmm. I felt like I could apply it right away. And I'm very lucky that I had that opportunity to do that. Um, and, and I think it's, it's served me well because I understand both sides of the coin. I have that background that, you know, data is important. You have to understand sort of the layers of a situation, like in a historical context and why is a company culture the way it is? There might be some history there and you sort of need to untangle that. But then I also absolutely now really understand the practicalities of that business side. And it's nice to be able to sort of marry the two together and communications background never hurts, right? We all need to speak and write. So I, I think that, mm -hmm. you know, while it's been a sort of circuitous journey, I, I do feel like it was a, you know, you sort of come into your own and figure those things out. And then, you know, I, I think similarly, I'm a lifelong learner. And I think it's always great to be able to dive back into a new area of focus and study and broaden your background. Yeah, it sounds like you're really focused on contextualizing the things that are going on, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, and understanding the background and, and what's come before and how you can move things forward, as well as how you can communicate those messages more broadly, which is really important in the wellness space for sure. Uh, because, you know, wellness messages, as uh, you know, have been varied over time. They also have their own history Absolutely. and uh, <laughs> trying to make waves in that space and uh, sort of change change people's mindsets around what wellness is and how it can benefit their companies. I'm sure um, both the history and the communications aspect uh, plays a role in that. So that's really fascinating how those things come together. Uh, speaking of history and thinking about uh, the way in which we try to ensure that history doesn't repeat itself with regard to uh, things that, you know, we've tried before that maybe haven't worked as well. And uh, considering how new things might fly uh, in this space moving forward, could you talk a little bit about the trends that you think we might be seeing uh, in the near future or that might become increasingly important in the wellness space and a little bit more about how ClassPass is leading the charge in some or all of those areas? I love this question because I think the pandemic has in a way accelerated a lot of the trends that were already out there, like mental health and digital fitness and things like that. And I think it's just forced us to jump in with both feet and really uh, dive in and, and figure out the solution. So I think it's, it's a really interesting question. And I'm so curious to see how we adapt to this coming out of the pandemic. Are people going to go back, you know, want, like in droves, it'll be the roaring 20s. People want to go back into classes and go travel and do all these things. Or are people going to be a bit more cautious? And, and my hunch is it'll be a 
hybrid approach. I think people are going to want to do both in-person and digital. I think the benefit of this, uh, you know, sort of focus on mental health and well-being will allow that conversation to feel less awkward and uncomfortable for a lot of employers. And it'll be a lot more of the forefront of our sort of national discussion, which is, I think, benefits everybody. Um, and, and I do think that it'll be this, this digital wellness fitness side of things. I think what we've seen, at least at class class, is that, you know, most of our users want to go back to fitness and want to go back to their favorite studios and want to be in a spin class again when it's safe. And they want to feel that energy of, you know, their fellow, you know, Pilates co colleague next to them pushing them on. And I think that's a really important distinction here is that, at the end of the day, we're, we, we believe in what we're seeing and what our users are telling us is that, yes, the digital solutions are great and they appreciate the fact that it's given them the opportunity to stay healthy and well while they're at home. But it's also been an interesting time to think through sort of the, the post side of this and how are people going to get back into class and what we what our users are telling us is they want to go back to class and they want to get back out there in the world. And so we're excited to see uh, sort of that next phase. And, and I think if anything, this is just going to provide more solutions and more offerings and more options um, for people as they come out of this. And they're, you know, if anything, this time has bred creativity, created innovation. And I think that is good for the user and the consumer at the end of the day. So we're excited about, about seeing what will uh, come out of this. I totally agree that I think a hybrid approach is probably where we're going to be headed. You know, having the digital options is amazing when you're really busy and we can't get to a class that's scheduled. But I also very much agree, and it's really interesting to see that you're hearing this from your users, that people want to come back in person. You know, we're social beings, and that is one of our, our needs from a psychological perspective. We need to have relationships and connections and so it makes a lot of sense to me that you're seeing that your users want to go back in person when it's possible so I'm very curious as well to see how this all shakes out over time so when we're thinking about wellness you know we've been talking a lot about the users of ClassPass and just organizations in general but I'd love to hear a little bit about your own ways of managing your wellness. You have had a very successful career, a lot of interesting work that you're doing. I'm sure you're super busy. So what are you doing um, personally to maintain your wellness? You know it's funny you asked that question because I would say before the pandemic I was probably not <laughs> living the life that I was preaching in a way and I was certainly <laughs> Um, you know, we're in, we're in 30 countries. I was traveling a lot. My team was spread out across all these locations. I was on planes and it was a very exciting and fun dynamic time. But, you know, my own physical and, and mental well-being was suffering because I just didn't have that opportunity. And so the pandemic sort of in, a, in an odd way forced me to sort of rethink how I was approaching my own life. And um, I think there's things to like, you know, I'm a big proponent still of going on walks. If like the very least, if you can't do anything, you can go on a 30 minute walk and that is, you know, great mental reset. It's a great opportunity to get some fresh air and you get a little bit of activity. So, you know, I think even if it's just around the block once, that's not going to, you know, kill you. So I do think there's things like that that have really, you know, I've come back to a lot of my sort of 
I guess, habits that I had formed. And I think that's the, the key piece to this in a way is that there's a lot of foundational things that we've done and, you know, I've focused on in my life. And I think that this has forced me to, to come back to basics in a way. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's, you know, eating healthy, it's getting enough sleep, it's um, getting outside, it's moving your body a little bit. Um, and I think that's, that's you know, in, a, in an odd way, potentially wellness has overcomplicated the basics in a way. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, do the little thing you can. It doesn't have to be this big ordeal. Like if you can't get to a class, that's okay. If you can't, mm -hmm. you know, have this huge, crazy diet, it's, it's okay. It's finding those, those small moments that are wins for you and, and just sort of staying true to those, I guess you're like kind of baseline and, and figuring that out. And I think that that has, the pandemic has allowed me to reset and really think about that again um, and focusing on those areas that I know are, are you know, that, that have helped me in the past and are, um, you know, continue to do so. And I think will carry me through into, you know, my old age. And I think that's the other side is, you know, this is also <laughs> about longevity and wellness and, you know, just being healthy. It's not just about, you know, having a six pack and, um, you know, looking great, which is also great, but you, you, you know, you need that holistic approach and, and thinking through the things that, that are going to carry you through. Yeah, I love that approach because I think a lot of times when people make things too crazed, right, we've got too many activities, we're overworking, we're over, over, over doing everything, you can fall off completely. So, you know, instead of really thinking about, you know, okay, I'm going to try to do what I can each day and make sure each day involves some movement, involves some healthy eating or, you know, uh, if you if you think about it as like I either have to go to an hour long class every day or do nothing, then, uh, you know, you could become stuck in this kind of like binary scenario. Whereas if you think, OK, well, today I'm going to go to a really great class tomorrow. Maybe I'll stream something for 15 minutes that I watch or exactly. maybe the next day I'll do a meditation or whatever that it doesn't need to be uh, sort of a. Uh, militant <laughs> mm -hmm. approach uh, because then I feel like when you get disconnected from it you're like it's so overwhelming to get reinvolved but rather like that you're offering and encouraging people to take uh, again this more tailored individualized approach but that it doesn't need to be uh, also rigid uh, you can fit it into your life in a way that works for you and then you're having a little bit of wellness every day as opposed to sort of this all or nothing uh, thing which I think can be uh, scary for folks to jump back into so Absolutely. easing in and <laughs> giving yourself some grace I think is a really important message of what you just yeah. said um, yeah we all need and, a little grace yeah <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Especially after what has been an extremely tough year uh, that we all give ourselves a little leeway and and credit for what we are getting done. Right. Which uh, which is wonderful. So um, kind of bringing everything together, uh, you know, our audience loves wellness. They love wellness in the workplace. Uh, that's what they come here for. What else do you think our listeners should know about you or your career path or about what ClassPass is doing or about wellness at work in general that you think would help them to uh, try to keep on track uh, with their own wellness in a way that promotes longevity, maybe? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I'll borrow your phrase, give yourself some grace, right? I think this has been a crazy year and a tough time and, and starting small, even if it's you're the wellness coordinator for your you know, whole team and you're figuring out a new program and you've been tasked with this big, huge, scary goal of, you know, getting your employees well, that can feel pretty overwhelming, but start small, figuring out the things that 
are easy to implement, figuring out what your culture needs. And, and the same goes as you as an individual and thinking about what are the things that you need that will help sort of nourish you and, and providing flexible options for yourself, for your team, for your colleagues, um, and, and just knowing that there isn't a one size fits all, everyone's slightly different. Um, and it, it's great to try and to, to dabble and to figure out what that thing is. And I think that's why ClassPass is such a strong product offering because it gives you that flexibility to try a meditation class one day, go to a spin class the next day, do a yoga class that you're in your living room the next day. So I think that's, that's a really key element to this. And, um, you know, I would say the same thing if you're creating a new initiative, if you're driving new policies, you know, there's so many layers to it, but break it down into bite-sized pieces, give yourself that grace to, to fail, and you'll learn a lot more in that process than you probably would if you were always successful, and, um, and, and you'll, you'll grow out of that, and I think we've, we've seen that happen, you know, in career paths, uh, even at class paths, we've tried a lot of things and have failed, and I, I think that's a big lesson in this, too, is that's okay, and, and just get up the next day and, and keep going. Embracing the challenge and the failure, I agree, is completely yeah. important. And I also really love what you said about the bite-sized pieces. Uh, I mean, we know from like a goal-setting perspective, that's very important, right? If you have a big goal, if you can't break it down into smaller goals, into smaller chunks, it's going to get overwhelming and you're not going to ever start. So yeah. I think that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, I tell my <laughs> team, I mean, I, every single person on my team has probably heard me say this a million times, but the one thing I can guarantee people is change. And we just have to be adaptable and deal with that. We're going to figure it out and be willing to take the risk and you can't, you, you can always change. You can always make that move and, and figure it out. So I, I think that's just being flexible, learning that along your journey is really helpful too. Yeah. And your goals are not set in stone because you made them. Exactly. So you need to change <laughs> and change shift them. depending on what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, before we wrap, um, we do always want to end our interviews with a final fun question. So something a little bit less related and so that's what we're going to do today. And hopefully you've had a second maybe to think about it. But what we want to ask you is if you could attend any kind of class taught by any person out there of your choosing, what would it be and who would teach it and why? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, I feel like my answer you probably have gotten before, but um, the the happiness <laughs> course at Yale, Lori Santos, if, it's free right now, I believe, on Coursera. And I, I think it should be required mm -hmm. for every person out there. Um, I think it's now the science of well-being or something along those lines. But it's really about sort of what we just talked about. What are the specific little individual things that you can take away for yourself? Um, I think if you're in the business of wellness and that's an area for you that you're focused on, it's also very helpful when thinking about your strategy and how you can approach it. But um, I, I just, ever, I've, I've, you know, taken it, I've gone to it. On, I think you just get something new every single time. And I think it's a very worthwhile, uh, you know, endeavor. And, and she's done a great job of sort of, you know, breaking it down. You can go to the full course. There's like, you know, quick tidbits online. So it, it's certainly well uh, worth your time. Awesome. So it sounds like you've taken a class, you would take it again. Maybe uh, getting to meet her in person could be mm. kind of fun too. Mm -hmm. 
I know what a dynamic. I just, I also love the story of like, it was the most popular class at Yale. And you know, what does that tell you about just the pressures that those students were <laughs> facing at that time? And I think we've all related to that. Um, so great definitely. Story. Awesome. Well, well, we love your, uh, we love your response. If, uh, if the, uh, Folks who put that course together are listening. You have a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so reach out yes. and, uh, and uh, coordinate. Maybe there's some synergy there. Uh, we, we really appreciate your time. We're so glad to have had you here. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, we are certainly fans of ClassPass, and uh, we just really look forward to seeing what's on the horizon. We will keep it on our radar, and we hope our listeners will too. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the time. It was great chatting with you both. Thank you. Thank you so much to Nicole for joining us. We had a great time hearing about her experience, uh, both as she moved into the wellness space and her time at ClassPass. We will have links in the show notes for both Nicole's social media as well as a link to ClassPass. Um, and we'd love to hear from all of you listeners what you thought about today's conversation, uh, what questions you might have. You can find us at contact at workerbeing.com, on our website, workerbeing.com, or on our social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.